0: Welcome to another issue of Imagine If. This week, it's going to be Chris and I, and I think we were both hit by how surprised, or at least we were both hit and surprised by how big Lobo is right now. Like... (laughs) they they decided to show him in krypton and all of a sudden boom people were just in love with the character again
1: it's it's wild yeah like lobo goes in phases and it's just crazy to be like oh here we are
0: again people are gonna the main man is back the main man that's right <laughs> the last and yeah. um yeah it's a, it's a strange thing to see happen like so we have the first episode of season two of krypton which i want to say that i haven't started this first i haven't started the second season yet but I did watch the first season and really enjoyed it. Uh, I love what they're, how they're playing with the certain characters. Like, so if you watch Gotham, Gotham has like had all the Batman villains show up in Bat- in Gotham before Batman was a thing. Yeah, yeah. which feels odd it feels weird and stuff like that yeah
1: well because like i said for me i guess like that's the turn off for me because then i'm thinking to myself well by the time batman grows up becomes batman he's gonna be fighting old dudes right and that was one of the things like i mean and this is where i must speak hearsay because all last week everybody was celebrating the 30th anniversary of batman 1989 that's right and it's like all right that's cool and i enjoy the whole movie but one of the biggest hang-ups i have is michael keaton and jack nicholson being batman and joker respectively because the fights it's like mm-hmm. no i mean like i love jack nicholson i wish it could have been like a younger jack nicholson like the shining that would have been badass that would have been good yeah you know but yeah it's, so i just don't want to see batman fight old dudes and <laughs> that's what it's gonna that's what gotham is gonna lead
0: me to eventually so then you but with krypton you have a bunch of aliens so life expectancy is longer or shorter, whatever you want to say. Like we saw doomsday last season and I can, I can sit there and believe that doomsday would still be in physical peak sh- shape <laughs> by the time he gets Superman, even though he's fighting, uh, you know, uh, Clark's grandfather on, 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 uh,
1: well it works so that way that doomsday you saw even though he was good and everything like that was like damn that's the doomsday we want to see yeah that just means eventually when he does get to clark he's gonna be even cooler because right remember doomsday you you kill him but you can't kill him that way again he just gets better that's right oh my god So someday when warner brothers finally says like mitch fix our movies and you're (laughs) gonna like make the best doomsday there you go that's right oh you know what
0: your your grandfather fought him this way you can't do it that way so um, and then you have General Zod in that show, which makes all also makes sense because Zod should be older than than uh, than Clark. And um, right. And then uh, what's the other? But then there's also time travel with that show. So that that's, yeah, that's the, the kind that's of weird like, part. They,
1: they, like I get suspension sus, suspension of disbelief, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the phrase? Yep. I get it. I understand it. But sometimes it's like. That's a lot of suspension you're asking to get. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's a lot of suspension. Like, I was, a, I, like, I, and it's funny because I laugh at myself now, but when I was a kid, like Transformers, right? Mm-hmm. I can accept the fact that they all transform and stuff like that, and that's cool. But Megatron, he was a gun. <laughs> it was a gun you could hold. I could hold. He was a gun that Optimus Prime could hold. And I just couldn't get my mind over the fact that how does he have size changing? Like he could transform. And Him I'm telling myself. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so funny. I just was like, oh, but I can accept the fact that he's a robot from space. But <laughs> I cannot just say, here's five more feet of suspension where I'll be like, okay. Well, that's, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. the movies
0: decided to change that. The live action movies, they made it so that there's no size changing like that. So, no. so like, because, yeah, I think the first movie he turned, he, I don't think he tank or something. Well, he's a he's like a space, uh, space tank, space ship kind of thing. So
1: yeah, that's right. He kind of kept his original form or whatever. Yeah,
0: kind of thing. So, so that I mean, yeah, I get you. So, Krypton is definitely good. I'm I'm can't wait to start the second season. I just haven't done it yet. Uh, But Lobo shows up in the end of the first episode of the second season, and right after that, Sci Fi Channel announced that hey. He's gonna get his own TV show. No, It's mind blowing, right? It's like Lobo's gonna get his own TV show. All right, I guess. Like, what, what, the adventures of Lobo, the the main man, you know, the the big bad bestitch. Like, what, what does that look like to you?
1: You know what it looks like to me, honestly. Deadpool. Like that's I think that's what they're going to do. It's like, "Hey, this is the answer to Deadpool because it literally is." Like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we, we we read up on these characters before we talk about it. And and I always remember Lobo being that way. He was a fourth wall breaker. He yeah. was like, "I'm just going to make fun of everything that's ridiculous in comics right now." And it's like, "Hey, that sounds like somebody." That yeah, sounds very like Deadpool. Yeah. You know? So there you go. I mean, it's he's just alien Deadpool instead of being a mutant, you know, and he's going to have all that stuff. I just hope you know, I'm going to jump a little bit ahead. I just hope the accent gets better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that here when we get to when we get to talking about the character. So, yeah, what we're going to do later is a 101 on on the main man. the the That bastard. That fragging bastard. That fragging bastard. And
1: that's why I think he works for TV, too. You can say all these curse words. He's like Rocket Raccoon, you know, like, what the LARP and flirtin'? And he or, was like, what?
0: <laughs> or, you know, what uh, the show, I, I never watched the show, but I know it did it a lot, was... Uh, um, Battlestar, like Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yeah. Instead of the saying alien words. the F word, they say frack and stuff like that. Yeah. So you can get away with cursing because it's the future in outer space without actually yep. cursing. Um, nice which, loophole. <laughs> which is what I always thought was weird about cursing and, and stuff. Like, well, if, if I say shut the front door, I'm still using the same infliction. Yeah, I'm still you know saying I'm the same thing. It's just yeah. I'm not using the word fuck. Uh, all right. That's just our little moral corner over here for the week. We're going to go ahead and get to that spinner rack. So what's new in comic books today on New Comic Book Day? All right, get your wallets ready, ladies and gentlemen, because it is Wednesday.
1: All right, so if you go to your local comic shop and you take a look on the shelves, there's going to be some beautiful products out there. Um, Action Comics issued 1012 will be out. I want to hype this one up because the cover is just very beautiful looking. Like It just shows Superman flying over Metropolis Uh, It's a large cityscape, but just the way the colors come off. This is great. So it's by Jamal Campbell. uh, Just fantastic. So you got a brand new artist on this and this will obviously tie into Event Leviathan. So if you are going into that, definitely pick this issue up. I would just suggest picking up for the cover art alone in itself because it's so beautiful. Uh, And that's the regular cover. Uh, Let's see here. Batman Damned issue 3 comes out so that'll finally put this story to an end wow it's um, only
0: on issue 3 like were they doing every other month yeah because it's okay. prestigious
1: so they they did like, like whatever like 40 to 50 some page issues or something like that and plus you got Lee Brahermo art, so he he very much paints everything. So yeah, this is finally coming to a conclusion. Uh, the Batpole Batpole Gate, you know, That's all that right. stuff
0: is finally coming down. So I did see that they're going to be doing a Funko Pop of that version of Batman. Obviously not with the penis out, but that'll be the Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're gonna. It's it's a said G rated version of black of Batman damned. Yeah, you know
1: what's so funny about that? So uh, thanks to Twitter, we can interact with people, right? So mm-hmm. Brian Azzarlo the uh, the writer of Batman damned so he posted that and he's like oh you know happy about that and so I, I made a little goofy tweet I was like oh that's yeah that's gonna give a whole new meaning to pop and yeah. so he liked that and I was like oh that made me laugh a little there you go but I had to laugh because as you're scrolling through your feeds and I see that and all I saw was Batman G damned pop and I'm like <laughs> what
0: the hell headline is that oh G rated Funko <laughs> Pop okay oh, don't you words. remember uh yeah it was it Frank was Miller all star <laughs> Batman yeah, yeah the, I was the goddamn oh, it's the Batman G-damned Batman <laughs> But
1: uh, yeah, no. So it, there's definitely love for it. Yes, you're right. They're they're doing a Funko Pop for it. Uh, I think it's just going to be available like any other type of pop. So uh, very nice costume. I I do like the way that Batman armor costume does look. I think it's very nice. And so, but yeah, this is going to come to a conclusion. Um, this is definitely bigger than your regular comic book, almost not necessarily magazine size, but pretty close to it. So I'm I'm kind of excited to see where it's going to go. Um, I picked this up just because it had Dead Man in it. Um, but other than that, I'm just kind of looking forward to it, you know, kind of coming to a conclusion. Um, if you missed out another three issue alternate take on Batman, Batman Last Night on Earth. This is Greg Capolo and Scott Snyder's farewell to Batman. Uh, it's getting a second printing. So it, it did great. I mean, obviously, how could it not? This is, you know, such a great team up of them. And they're definitely playing with the um, that. I don't, I, I don't want to say Scott Snyder stole the idea, but they're definitely playing with that post that was out there where it's like, what if Bruce Wayne is crazy? Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the guards is Harvey Dent, and he is a two-face. He's good to these people and bad to that. And, you know, Mr. Freeze is the guy who works in the AC unit or whatever. And that's kind of what it plays with. You know, it's like at the start, you know, Bruce Wayne's crazy. And... You know, everybody's just like, yeah, it's crazy old Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow he's going to find himself out in the desert with the Joker's head in a lantern-like case. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, yeah, so if you missed out, there you go. Second print cover. Or if you're a collector, get ready to hunt down an extra. Uh, Detective Comics 1006. God, it's so weird to say these. 1,000 extra. You right, know? So, that's crazy. Um, Detective Comics 1006 will be out. And this one's going to be huge because the cover shows the the specter on there and it's like oh okay that's gonna be wild but even in the solicit itself it says detective jim corrigan has been shot on the streets of gotham city and the specter must reach out to batman to help him find the secret assassin so this is crazy because jim corrigan is the golden age specter um well no there was an evil detective jim corrigan that they that we thought would have been specter three for christmas allen right um but they didn't go that no that was no christmas allen yeah christmas allen so So yeah, this is gonna be some interesting stuff. So it's rebirth. Um, They're
0: gonna be creating the the Spectre all over again. Christopher yeah. isn't the Spectre, or or did they? No, this should be. Um, I mean, a continuation of that from New Fifty Two. Well, definitely.
1: I mean, it looks like the Golden Age Spectre. You know, okay. there's no no. Uh, extra bits to it no-go T and all that stuff so uh you're dropping a major name so yeah it, it feels like maybe this is going to be an an all-new origin kind of mm. like kind of like how they did for plastic man during right uh, yeah new 52 with forever evil or something like one of those story arcs. oh okay yeah so it kind of feels like something like that so i mean it'll be interesting because they're making a huge point to reintroduce the jl the jsa into the dc rebirth era and you know specter is one of the founders so this will be kind of This will be interesting. So, definitely one to watch and read if you get a chance. Uh, Dial H for Hero issue four will be out. Uh, This was originally supposed to be a six part series. It's been now expanded uh, to 12 issues. Sam
0: Humphreys, right?
1: Uh, Let me double check here. I think, is that what it is? is? Yep, Sam Humphreys is the writer on that one. So, yeah. I've always loved the dial H for hero concept. I think it's fun, it's neat, you know, it's
0: So I know I know the dial H for hero like comic book has gone is is far back. I don't know if it's I know it's at least silver age, yeah, right? Yeah, silver age. Um when I started reading comics in the 90s, I did reach I did read HERO. Oh yeah, HERO. which was there. But bo- yeah, yeah, that that one that book um I liked I liked that book a lot. Oh, and, that one was great. Uh, I haven't I've read uh, a few other times that they've brought it back to try uh-huh. and do it, and, and like I read the first issue of this one. like It just doesn't capture the same storyline that I, I enjoyed from, from Hero, so yeah. th- that's the disappointing thing in me, but I, I'm excited to see what Sam Humphrey does.
1: Yeah, no, I'm definitely excited for it, and I, I wish it well, because uh, I even bought the New 52 iteration. Okay. Um, I didn't read it. No. I felt so bad, but it, it was just something about that, and one that you mentioned, um, oh, I can't think of the writer's name, but I love that one. Those first four issues with the main character, mm-hmm. you know, going through all that and you know finding the hero dial, and it's like, oh, it just made his life massively worse. <laughs> that was just crazy. So yeah, um, I, I'll talk more about that later sometime. But yes, uh, but anyways, yeah, if you're you're into it, it's a it's a neat concept. But yeah, same thing. It just it didn't grab me. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear that it is going on for 12 issues. That's always great. You know, we you want your writers to get more work. Uh, let's see, moving along, Flash, issue 73 will be out there, and this will continue the year one of Barry Allen Flash and his story. Justice League Dark, issue 12, is out. Uh, that will continue on the the storyline there, and it's funny because we were just watching this uh, Swamp Thing has been dropped on the DC Universe app, Uh, so a couple episodes are out there. So if you are a fan of Swamp Thing, Justice League Dark number 12 will have a character variant, and they'll have the very Alan Moore, Swamp swamp Mm. Thing-looking version out there. So if you like that, definitely go get yourself a copy. Uh, Man of Steel by Brian Michael Bendis has been collected in trade paperback, so that'll be available. So this is the start of the all-new Bendis-era Superman. So if you want to collect that, that is the way to do it. Martian Manhunter issue 6 will be out of his 12-part miniseries or mega-series or maxi-series. There we go uh superman leviathan rising special number one it will also be getting a second printing as well um this is the story that kicks it off so if you are very much interested what's going to be happening in the superman books and affecting the dc universe this is where it begins terrifics will be celebrating issue 17 and wonder woman will be at issue 73 getting that much closer to 75 flipping to the other side of things marvel comics uh we are coming to some conclusions here Age of X Man extremist number five of five. So the Age of X Man should be ending up pretty quick here, and uh, we'll be we'll be seeing what's going to happen because next month for July, the Age of Hickman comes. That'll be interesting.
0: Uh, so I think I saw something online where, and I think it was comicbook.com, that they released images of the leaked new redesigns of characters? Oh yeah. So yeah, that there was like uh, is like secret warps of uh um uh well, not necessarily. Colossus yeah. and magic put together with the Soul Sword,
1: yeah. So that's gonna be from and honestly nobody knows anything yet. Uh, okay. Because they, they put it out there, I think they put it out on Twitter first and then obviously everybody's been getting it and running with it. So it's the character designs and yeah, whatever, like I think it's referred to as Soul Sword. Um, that might be a brand new character, and yeah, very much looks like an amalgam of Ilyana, Colossus, and um, oh, I can't remember who the third person is. But yeah, so that should be real interesting to see. Is this a new co- a new co- a new character, or is this another member of the Rasputin family, or how is that going to work? So that'll be very interesting to see where
0: that goes. I mean, how do you know how that's gonna? How uh, I guess you, you're, you're answering right there, but like, is there was there a reason why? Uh, uh the the two characters would be or multiple characters would be mashed up. The soul sword itself is is it that's doing it or so
1: the best I can do is give you my, my, my guess and honestly that's what I kinda of feel like it is. Like I think it's the soul sword is just taking elements of people who have wielded it mm. and it's become its own thing. Uh, that's that's why I'm thinking the justification of why it looks like Ileana and Colossus as okay. a mashup. Um I don't know, like when, when Hickman launches the or relaunches the book, who knows what's gonna happen. I, I got a feeling that there's gonna be a little bit of a time jump. Um, and so there's gonna be some interesting stuff because yeah, I've I've looked at some of those pictures as well. Like we have a Nimrod looking sentinel, but it's the name was redacted, so we don't know if it's gonna be Nimrod or something more. So do you know, uh, you don't
0: think these were actually leaked, it's just Oh, this know, is just quality. part of the PO. Yeah, the oh, this is part for, of the, the, know, the, like, the press for it. Yeah, yeah. let's, let's
1: hype this machine up even more. Um, let's see, what else was there? There's like a red looking Nightcrawler. Moira McTaggart's back. What's, what's the
0: red looking one? Is that uh, a Zazzle? Like, I don't know. Like maybe, uh,
1: I think it might be maybe Nightcrawler's brother. So maybe he's got a stepbrother because that whole family's convoluted, you know, because <laughs> it's like Rogue and Nightcrawler are brother and sister somehow, you know.
0: siblings yeah.
1: Yeah, so I mean, why not? Why not have a step-brother, half-brother for Nightcrawler, you know, something to that effect. Or maybe it's Nightcrawler and just something happened to turn him red, you know, who knows? Um, So yeah, it's it's all we can do right now is just guess, so we'll have to see. But that actually ties in quite nicely because um, if you go to your comic shop and there's been a lot of like, maybe this will happen, maybe this won't happen, so we'll see, but Marvel previews um, we'll be putting an issue out that will focus entirely on the House of X, Powers of X, Hickman run. So it's just going to give you. I mean, this thing is huge. Actually, and I'm sorry, it's not free. It's a dollar twenty five, even though it says free on there. But if you buy previews, so oh, okay. however that's going to work. But yeah, uh, this previews book. It's 120 pages. Um, actually, I'm, I'm, I think I'm looking at this wrong. This is the previews book that you get. When you're going to make your uh, orders. Right. But I guess there's going to be definitely a huge focus on the uh, Hickman stuff. So that'll be that'll be interesting. But, yeah, right now, uh, you know, if you click anything or if you're reading stuff, it's all conjecture. We don't know, you know. So I'll put my theories out as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's see. Yeah. So moving along. Um, Amazing Spider-Man will hit issue 24. Uh, this is uh, Nick Spencer's run. Uh, this will be interesting because it's going to lead us up to 25. So who knows what's going to happen. Um I know, I'm excited uh, just to see because he's definitely been playing a lot with the relationship of Peter and Mary Jane. So I definitely look forward to seeing, like, will he do the unthinkable? Will he undo one moment in time and one more day and all that stuff? One more day, brand new day. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, Avengers issue 20 will be out. This will be a War of the Realms tie-in issue. Uh, Black Panther will be hitting issue number 13, which is also a War of the Realms tie-in, I believe. Doctor Strange. Now, this is an interesting one, because uh, this kind of harkens back to one of our episodes. Uh, Doctor Strange will be hitting issue 15, and this is the Galactus cover with Dormammu underneath the Galactus helmet. So how you talked about uh, mixing science and or science fiction and magic together. Right. So I was like, oh, they, they're they listening to us, you know, so they stole your idea there. <laughs> uh, so that'll be very interesting to see what's going to happen. And especially, too, knowing that the book will be canceled uh, in upcoming months here, so definitely there's going to be some big storylines.
0: And, and speaking of canceled, I know this is jumping back to the other side of, <laughs> of the pond, so or the other side of the street is, is more accurate. Um, we didn't talk about the fact that DC was getting rid of the Vertigo line. So Vertigo, Draw and Ink, I was oh no, Zoom and ink. yeah Zoom and Ink. So basically they're going to fold. And you know it's interesting because I love how everybody's title like headline was they've killed it off. It's it's no longer going to be around. It's like yeah vertigo the name isn't going to be around but they're still going to be it's just all going to be different yeah, ages not,
1: yeah well i mean exactly like they i forget like i think dc kids or whatever they're going to call it uh dc will be the main main line and then obviously you'll have dc's black, black label
0: yeah um so vertical titles vertigo titles would have will be probably where the black, black label, label is yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know it's it's smart because it's one of those things like it's a big question to you ask yourself, like when you put books out there, do you want people to know they're your books or not? Because I remember when I was a kid, uh, they had the impact line of comics. And I loved that. But basically all that was was DC comic books. And I didn't know they were DC comics, uh, but they were uh, publishing the Archie characters, the Red Circle characters, the S.H.I.E.L.D., Jaguar, Fly, and all those types. And, I mean, I was buying it. I If I had known they were DC Comics, that would have been great. If mm-hmm. I didn't know, that didn't matter. I was buying them still. So, I mean, how many people bought Vertigo stuff not knowing that it was DC? I mean, I know plenty of times I'd be in the comic shop and I'd be, hear people like, oh, I'm tired of the mainstream too. That's why I read Vertigo. And He's you're kind of yeah. like, ah, you know. So, I mean, it's definitely a shame because I know Karen Berger, she worked very hard to make the line something else. Uh, they've done a lot of fantastic stuff. But at the same time... If it's not up your alley, it's not up your alley, you know. Uh, Neil Gaiman definitely cut his teeth on there with the books of magic, Tim Hunter, and a lot of other stuff. But that just wasn't my my thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I know they did a, a Dead Man book over there, and it was Dead Man, but it wasn't Boston Brand, so I didn't really find myself drawn to it as well. So I mean, it's a shame because yeah, it's. I think they just celebrated like a 25th anniversary or something like that, yeah. and then it's like next year. Oh, we're cutting it entirely. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised, honestly, because. With Black Label, like, I get it, you know, that's, hey, it's top shelf, you know, like, you know, I think, isn't there like a Jameson Black Label or something like that? So it's, it's like, hey,
0: it's that's... It's uh, Johnny Walker Black Label. Yeah, there you
1: go. So, I mean, it definitely, it draws into that. It's that connoisseur, it's the, <laughs> the, the, the the higher stuff there. But I just kind of figure with the Batman damn backlash, you know, with everybody like, oh, Batman, we show you the Batpole, it's crazy. I kind of figure they would have been like, you know what? Let's keep Vertigo, and we'll see. Well, what happens. I think
0: but this is this is going to be their way of people knowing more that hey, Black Label is going to be your more mature stuff. Like, yeah, we've gotten rid of Vertigo because this is where our mature things are going to yeah,
1: be. This is where it's going to be. So yeah, so. yeah, because it
0: said the would say uh, like your ages eight to thirteen will be kids, and then anything above anyone above thirteen, you'll well your your regular DC stuff will be thirteen and above, and then. Uh, black Label will be your seventeen and above.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, I find it interesting. I think it's a it's a smart idea to have everything labeled as DC Comics. That way, it draws in because I know sometimes people can they, they could kind of see themselves like, oh well, Vertigo not part of it, so it doesn't count or it does count or whatever the case may be. But
0: well, we have that new movie that's going to be coming out here pretty soon with uh, Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish. Oh, that's right, Elizabeth Moss, called The Kitchen, which was a Vertigo comic line. Now they're not they're not superheroes but it's a uh, mobster comic book where the 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 women of i'm guessing dead mob guys yeah, take the, the, over the and decide hey look you know we're we're done just being housewives or whatever and we're going to be the new gangsters so that came from vertigo will will they be publishing more stuff in the dc black label like this that's not superhero stuff like that's i think that's the thing that people are worried about like where am i gonna be will those
1: stories be gone will it not happen exactly i i don't see that happening i think if they're smart if, if it's catchy and it's worth publishing they're gonna do it um you know, and actually, you bring up an interesting point. Maybe they, maybe that's why they wanted to get rid of Vertigo because I think Constantine they labeled that more as Vertigo, mm-hmm. and it's like that was one of our successful DC comic films. Yeah, we true. need to make sure that that stuff says DC Comics so people will think, hey, we're not totally fucking. <laughs> <up anymore." laughs> So, yeah, maybe that's a way. But, I yeah, I don't see that those lines going away. I mean, there's tons of books. I mean, Road to Perdition. Yeah. But I think that falls under Paradox Press. Right. But Paradox Press folded a long time and
0: ago. DC picked it know, up. Or yeah, Warner Brothers or, picked it up. Yeah.
1: And so, I mean, that stuff's always been there. I don't think we'll lose out. I mean, if it's a good story and it's worth publishing and somebody takes it to DC Comics... Yeah, they're going to publish it. <laughs> they're not going to be like, no, get this money-making <laughs> idea away from me. We don't want your stuff that's non-superhero
0: stuff. Yeah,
1: so, but... Yeah, no, definitely, you know... Where's uh,
0: Transmetropolitan? Transmetropolitan just kind of... Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what it was called. Uh, with, with Spider Jerusalem or something like that, yeah. Um, it just kind of... I think it... Is that Vertigo? Yeah, it was Vertigo, it was if vertigo, I remember yeah. correctly. That's what I thought. Um, it just kind of... just aged out it's kind of like how hitman was you know like yeah this is this is cool this is edgy this is what the people want it's and then 90s the, then those people grew up and they moved away from comics <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like oh it's just that fun memory until they bring it back you yeah know? okay so yeah but uh yeah definitely you know rest in peace vertigo some beautiful stuff there um you know definitely go check out some of the backlog of, of stories they've got some great stuff i know i've always been uh very partial to the fountain Um uh, that was the like more more people will probably recognize it more as the Hugh Jackman Rachel Wise movie, mm-hmm. uh, early two thousands. The soundtrack is fantastic. Charles Mansell, if I remember the name correctly, uh, he did some beautiful stuff there. But even to go back and read the uh, the graphic novel uh, by Dar- Darren Aronofsky himself.
0: You What's know? the um uh, what Mister Mister Majestic was that? That's Mr. Image, Majestic.
1: Right? No, um, I think he's I think he is a. I think he's Wildstorm. Wildstorm, that's what it which was.
0: Which is, so. That, I don't know if he was. Because that's an imprint into DC now. It yeah. used to be its own thing. It used to be very Yeah, they were their own company. And yeah.
1: when Jim Lee came aboard, it's like, well, if you want me you get my company. That's right. So I got more money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, now he's the publisher, so. Yeah, no, he's the co-publisher, co-publisher. He, well, he's the co-publisher and he's the C. Creative chief officer, manner? Chief creative officer. Okay. CCO. CCO, oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's up he, there. He took. Jeff Johns' old job.
1: Yeah. Poor Jeff Johns. <laughs> well, but you actually, that was an interesting one. So, what was it? Ghostline production? Productions? Yeah, that's, or Ghost Planet? Something like that. Ghost, Ghost World? Or Ghost I, Dimension? Yeah. Something like that. What's going to happen you, with that? Yeah, we mean, haven't heard anything from that you know, in a while. Like, well, the well, first it, thing that was supposed to be published under that would have been that Batman Three Jokers.
0: Three Jokers, that's right. And, you know, we, that, that, that hasn't we, happened.
1: That'll, that'll be a while. But yeah, so it's like, hey... Fuck your imprint, you know. Now and then, Bendis has his own imprint with his old powers and stuff like that. I wonder if that's gonna survive. And yeah, what's and well, and if isn't it does, Wonder think, Comics
0: isn't that what the, the his imprint is called with the yeah, like with the young, young Justice, Justice and, and, and all those other the Wonder Twins and stuff like that. Yeah, so so I guess they're gonna have imprints, but they're just they're always gonna be part of the DC universe, I you think. know. And then see,
1: and then that's I think that's what they gotta stop doing, is because can you imagine, you know, like. It's kind of like, okay, um, we're, we're going to go tangent. I don't think it'll be that bad. but So, Marvel Comics, they put out this last week, they put out these teasers. So, they started off with a four, a webbed looking four. And of course, oh God. all the fandom was like, oh my God, it's Sam Raimi's Spider Man 4. Uh, some logical people were like, well, maybe it's Spider Man Fantastic Four. And it's like, okay, well, let's see what happens. Then the next day, three, all the way down to one um and it's funny because i remember the night of the one i was like oh it'll be interesting you know and they even uh, cb sabiski was like hey we've only got to wait one more day and you're like "Ooh, maybe something's more happening day. and nothing it was just like the next day oh jj abrams and his son are gonna write a spider-man comic and you're like yay who gives a shit yeah. you know, like honestly and no disrespect to jj abrams and his son i mean that's fantastic but it definitely like i, I know a lot of creatives came out and voiced their opinions, and it's like, oh, that's cool. I've won Eisner Awards, and I've written great comics and graphic novels, and I still don't get to write Spider-Man. must be nice to be somebody's son, you know? And it's like, that sucks because I know we in the working world hate nepotism. Everybody hates nepotism, and it's like that screams of nepotism. Um, But I think Marvel and DC themselves need to watch out because – you know, you have some writers that are long stay, long mainstays and they've done a lot of great stuff. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, you know, this person comes along and we're going to give them creative rights and we're going to let them have creative control. We're going to give them an imprint and ice cream. And you're like, I didn't <laughs> and even ice get cream anything. <laughs> You know, like, why can't I get ice cream? And so I think they're going to create themselves a lot of problems when they do stuff like that. But again, business is business. You know, if you're good, you'll get paid. And if you're not... Then be, thankfully, have a job, I guess they say. Yeah, I don't
0: think J.J. Abrams is going to be hurting anytime soon. So. Oh, no.
1: Marvel wants that. They want that Abrams connection. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, that's why they're even allowing, like, I guess, in that. And it's not just a comic book. It's going to be a mini series a five or a six-parter. Um, the ghost writer is going to do his best. <laughs> and I'm emphasis writer, not writer. Writer, the ghost writer, right. is going to do a lot of good work because I think they're just going to be <laughs> working off, like, J.J. Abrams' son's like, oh, I want Spider-Man to fight a guy made out of bubblegum. And it's like, (laughs) all right, there we go. I'll crank out six issues and we'll make a new villain that'll be co-created by you. There you go. (laughs) Um,
0: So I I don't know. And speaking of going on tangents, so I don't know how many people that listen to us also listen to uh, Kevin Smith's podcast, Fat Man Beyond, that he does with Mark Bernardin. But the latest issue, the latest episode of that. Um, had um, Kevin and Mark talking about how they just recently came from a meeting with somebody. They couldn't t- say who and they couldn't say what the project was. But they're going to be creating a TV show based off a big IP. Now, they didn't say it was comic book or anything like that, but it's a big IP. And um, uh, and it's going to be something that everybody recognizes. Uh, I, I do believe they said it wasn't going to be anything that was – uh, comic book related. So, it's the adventures of Brody Bruce. <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of cool. It's his own. It, that's his. That's character. his IP. Character. Yeah. The thing is that I wanted to bring up. Oh, here it is. Uh, so. Oh wait, that's not. Nope, that wasn't the. I'm trying to look for the article again <laughs> that that someone else written wrote up just so that I have it on hand. Those pesky interwebs. <laughs> but you know, when you're trying to find something, um, you can never really just find anything. But. Uh, I wanted to say was that I think that the actual person they had the meeting with, because he said he couldn't talk about who or where they had the meeting because that would, that'd be, they would, it would give it away. It would give away what they would be working on. Um, I don't know necessarily if that means it'd be giving it away or not, but I think that he's going to be, he had a conversation, he had a conversation with JJ Abrams over at bad robot because He's expressed how he, him and Abrams are fans, or not fans, but uh, friends, uh-huh. because he got to go be on the Millennium Falcon when they rebuilt it for Force Awakens. Oh, right, right. And um, you know, obviously, the two of them—that
1: Star Wars fanboys. There's that yeah, yeah.
0: Star Wars fanboy stuff. Not that it's going to be a Star Wars show. It could be. Here we go. I found it. Uh, Land's big TV series involving nostalgic IP. Um oh my god is it Alf? <laughs> why don't we have a fucking show? He always he says that over and then, well he finally got a show. I've never been a guy to work at writers room and not because it, it's against it. It's just cuz he's always done indie stuff so Mark Bernard will be great for that. He's going to have that indie show. Um no plots were released. Uh no plot details released though. Smith did end up hinting that an announcement as to what it would be it, it would be at San Diego Comic-Con, which he has always been a big staple of san diego comic-con yep so i just think that it's going to be something with jj abrams what that could be i have no idea now what's a big nostalgic ip that still hasn't been touched oh, also don't know <laughs> well, I mean,
1: there's so much i mean and it depends like i mean you kind of look towards their generation of stuff and it's yeah. like okay you know what could be something i mean is it gilligan's island you know i mean that's <laughs> that'd be uh, weird but those, i can, i could see it like
0: he's for the longest time, wanted to do a TV show based off of the question, and I know that's not what it's going to be, yeah, Right. but I think that would be pretty cool. Um, I don't know how exactly Jane Silent Bob working with the question would be, but they accidentally
1: sell a dime bag to a guy, <laughs>
0: Vic Sage buys a dime
1: bag, and it'll work out great because he, he comes up to Jane Silent Bob and he asks him the question, How much does it cost? Jay goes into a fancy little <laughs> rap and then the question's like why would you say those things and they fight and it does perfect it's just that, that 5 minute little bit you need and then bam you, you go to the right cool into the show opening thing that it is
0: <laughs> so I, I just thought i wanted to throw that out there i think that i think that it's going to be something with JJ Abrams just from what i was listening to the podcast and uh, uh, what what that could be i don't know but that should, that I, i'm i'm excited for whatever it yeah. will be
1: no it's it's always you know this is the hardest this Last, like, the, the second half of this month, all the way up until Comic-Con, this is the worst news time ever. It, it's true. Because it's all speculation, and everybody's like, oh, my God, the coolest thing is going to happen. And I'll tell you July 20-something. That's you know? right. And you're like, motherfucker. <laughs> and it just sucks. And then, of course, everybody, like, you know, the quest for clicks, you know, oh, you know, like... Jay and Silent Bob were seen outside of Taco Bell, and and you know Abraham Lincoln liked Taco Bell, so so they're collaborating clearly. And you're like, oh
0: man, obviously since uh, Taco Bell is also part of like Pizza Hut and KFC, we're doing a Colonel Sanders Colonel Sanders Uh, biopic, yeah, or (laughs) cinematic universe where the you know they're gonna team up and fight the Noid from Domino's. Actually, that I do want happening now. yeah, you know, and if we I'm gonna, now I'm going to go off on a really <laughs> strong tangent because we're going to talk about San Diego Comic-Con a little bit. Like I have tickets to it. I have just Thursday and Sunday. Like Oh my god. I love people that come up to me and in the like people just know me. Like people in my everyday life or like tangent to my everyday life know know oh, Mitch goes to Comic-Con. Mitch goes to San Diego Comic-Con. And so so their their thing is like, "Hey, you know, when tickets go on sale next year, could you like give me the heads up?" Like it's like you don't understand how tickets work, it's like for San Diego Comic Com-
1: International. The whole world knows <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I'm fighting the whole world to just get those two days. <laughs> I didn't even get all four days. I wouldn't. I, I didn't even get the big days. Friday and Saturday are the big days for that for yeah. San Diego Comic Con. That's when the big stuff gets announced. And I'm not going to be there for those days. I'm going to get get it on the internet just like everybody else.
1: But that that always reminds me of a funny story. So a buddy of mine, because like I know we all did it big to go to San Diego Comic Con. When it was the 40th anniversary of Green Lantern mm-hmm. and uh, the Green Lantern movie was going to happen mm-hmm. or did happen? So God, what was that like 2011?
0: Yes, somewhere on there. Somewhere. Jesus, yeah. it's been that long. Well, this year is the 50th. Yeah, it's the 50th anniversary. So what's 2009?
1: Something like that. Yeah. Okay. There. Yeah, there you go. I think it was something like that. So yeah, because it's been forever since I've been there. Like uh-huh. Kind of. I don't know. I think I've. I get scared. I don't think I can handle crowds, Willie, really, really well but I love social gatherings. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I've, I'm doing that. But, uh, yeah, right? Uh, I just hope I have better jokes. But so anyways, so we went and all that stuff. And uh, anyway, so that year we went. That's when I, I made that fake pass. And luckily it worked and I got in. I was like, oh, my God, this is scary and whatnot. Um, then the next year I didn't go and I was okay with it. And my buddy and his wife went and they were like, hey, we just got a bunch of new dogs. Do you mind house sitting for us? And I was like, Sure. And it was funny because, you know, like this is, you know, this is when Wi-Fi was starting to be huge. You know, at least for me, I, I just got out of my cave and I'm so excited. I'm lounging on his couch, watching the dogs and I'm surfing my phone and I'm seeing all these new headlines and I'm like sending it to him. I'm like, oh, did you see that? Did you hear about it? He's like, dude, I'm stuck in line. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you might wind up having a better experience. Yeah, you no, know? I mean, I get
0: that. <laughs> I mean, in. in- the, the exclusive footage stuff that they show now at, at cons is is not so exclusive anymore like yeah. they, they, it it gets released real quick I mean last year I got to see the the one scene from Wonder Woman eighty four that they have yet to put out uh-huh. um, I got to you know you 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 do get to see a couple things like two years ago was when they had the, or two or three years ago is when oh, they the had Avenger stuff, right? the Avenger stuff yeah. like that. We didn't get to see that, uh, infinity war trailer until like a month or so before it came out, like right. with, with Thanos crushing the planet or the moon or whatever it was like there. I mean, there are, there are some ex- exclusive things that you get there, but like, yeah, you're absolutely, the trailers are going to go out online as yeah, soon as, as it shows. shows, Yeah. you know. So if you know how to do it, yeah, stink, sticking in line sucks, but yeah. if you can get if you can get it done right, it, it, it works out.
1: Yeah, no, you gotta plan. Like there's sacrifice involved. There's, there's lots of know, sacrifice, like, yeah. You're gonna see two or three panels and you're like, Oh, well, they're time so I could go to one, two, three. No, you have to decide like <laughs> if I wanna go to three, then I'm gonna sacrifice one and two so I could get into that hall. Exactly. And then sit there all day. huh. Yeah, no, it's it is what it is. But I think I think it'll actually be kind of nice because nowadays San Diego tourism has figured it out. There's going to be a lot of people here to come and spend money. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a lot of cool stuff to do. Oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff outside.
0: Yeah, all the free stuff is great to do. And you know what? I probably won't be too upset that I get to sleep in on a Saturday at San Diego Comic Con this year because getting up early to get in line sucks sometimes, especially when your hotel isn't nearby. Oh my god. So um, so that that's going to be yeah. I I mean I I still plan on having a great time. It just sucks that I won't be in Hall H. But Warner Brothers isn't going to be at Hall H this year. Like they're not bringing anything, which I think is unbelievable. Because you have have Wonder Woman eighty four coming out. You have the Joker that's going to come out in a couple months. Like how do you not bring something for that? How do you not make some? I mean, I know they've been burned on making announcements the last like three or four years because you know (laughs) Ben Affleck is not directing a Batman movie, nor is he going to be Batman anymore. Yeah. Um, How do you Justice League two? Right. You know. (laughs) Yeah. How do you not have? uh, Matt Reeves showing up with, with uh, Robert Pattinson to, to talk about Batman just a yeah, little you'd bit. Yeah, you think
1: they would kind of make the first appearance of Batterson up there. Yeah. You know, like, let's do something. Yeah. No, I, oh man, I don't know. Warner Brothers, I think Warner Brothers has to figure out what's going on because Kevin Takasumi, I think his last name was, um, there's been a lot of stuff that came to light. With oh, yeah, guy that guy. Post Justice League, yeah. and it's like, holy shit. And even him, like, he, he got himself rolled up in the hashtag me too movement, and it's like well you know what it's what happens when you screw over things and i think warner brothers right now is just kind of in a state of we have to fix ourselves yeah um and i mean i hope they do because they have a lot of great properties um it was funny i was actually talking with rafa and we were talking about warner brothers and it's like what would you do what would be your plans how would you do this stuff and one of the things i said i would love to bring back is looney tunes mm -hmm. how do you have i mean if you want to emulate Marvel so bad, you have a stable of great cartoon characters and you're doing nothing with them. Well, they and got
0: that that Space Jam two coming out. Well,
1: they got Space Jam two coming out, but I mean, but I was glad to see because I even I even posted on my personal Facebook, they just put out a Bugs Bunny cartoon. This was that was huge. Like this was like what, about two weeks ago? Yeah. And that's fantastic. And I, I hope they're doing more. Like I I myself as a fan, then I need to go back and make sure, you know, that they're doing something because I mean, in this day and age, with the internet the way everything is, it's like, yeah, you could put it on your little cartoon servers, your cartoon networks or whatnot, but then put it out there on your YouTubes and stuff like that, and boom, there you go, and I mean, everybody's going to love Bugs Bunny, everybody's going to love all those guys, and I remember watching the short, I think it was Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd, and it was one of those classics, and they did, it was very much a merry melody, it was great, so I mean, that's something I'm glad, I hope they fix that, and I hope they keep making that, but what were you going to say, you were going to throw something out there?
0: Oh, I would I would definitely make. I mean, I know I'm more invested in DC films uh, uh, as a part of Warner Brothers as a, as opposed to everything else. Right, right. Uh, I would just make I would make DC films its own thing, like they've done Marvel Studios. Like Marvel yeah. Studios is separate from Disney in the way that it needs to be. So DC films needs to be separate from Warner Brothers in the way it yes, needs to be. Instead of just letting Warner Brothers come and be like, ah, yeah, you know, your little movie here is kind of cool, but we need we need Batman to be in at least three more outfits so that we can sell four more toys. Yeah, no, so. exactly. Cause the precedent is there. They could still do that,
1: but don't sacrifice so yeah. much of the story. Don't stab your directors in the back. Don't finagle the movie because yeah, it's almost like, I almost feel like premiere day on a DC film. It's like, you know, the director and everybody involves like, we don't know what the hell we're going to see. And yeah. it's not because like, Oh, CGI. It's because no, it's someone because else edited somebody's it. Somebody's going to edit the shit out of it. Yeah. Thing.
0: So, yeah. all right. So back to that spinner rack. So yeah, comic we started, started a while ago that, <laughs> that you
1: could purchase as well. Um, but let's see here. Okay, so moving along. Yes. Um Uh, Black Panther will be out, which is issue 13, which I believe ties in. Doctor Strange will have that Dormammu-Galactus mashup. Fantastic Four hits issue 11. Uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number 8 will be out. Uh, This book has been the surprise hit. Like, this feels like this should be the mainstream Spider-Man book. No offense to Nick Spencer, but Tom Taylor is killing it. There's been a lot of great stuff here. Um, So we're going to have some Aunt May focus on this issue. So definitely, I know with her recently having cancer, that's going to be putting her out there a lot.
0: Yeah, my uh, so at the amazing Las Vegas Comic Con that I went to this past weekend, or two weekends ago now, um, I got to talk with Koi Jandro, who uh, is part of Collider Video and a uh, big internet personality with a, a lot of comic book stuff. He, I got to interview him. You check out that interview on our website. You'll see that Tom Taylor's friendly neighborhood Spider-Man up there is one of his favorite books right now. Like, Oh, yeah. That
1: book is that. That's the real voice of Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I recently, like, I felt bad. So I'm not trying to do a shameless plug and it's going to come off that way. So I'm doing those reviews for Adventures in Poor Taste. And they throw out the big spreadsheet. And they're like, hey, here's what's available from all the comic companies. And so I definitely want to keep pushing myself to write. I want to write for both of us. And I want to keep putting, doing, you know, challenging myself to do as much as I can. And I felt bad because... The only book that was up that Marvel that I was remotely interested in was Amazing Spider-Man. And you know me. That does not sound like a Chris for anything to say. And it was like, man, and I really had to gut through to read that book and to write a review. And it sucked because it was the epilogue of that uh, Craven's second to last version of his final hunt before (laughs) he dies but doesn't really die something spectacular uh yeah it sucked and i just was like chewing through that to get through it and it pisses me off because that's why i didn't buy tom taylor spider-man book i was like i'm not enjoying amazing spider-man i'm not gonna buy a spinoff book even though i like tom taylor i was just so mad at marvel now i'm like son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) i chose the wrong book so yeah i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to probably do some back issue hunting and and get some of those because yeah i hear nothing Nothing but great stuff, and I should have known better. But, again, I also worry because Tom Taylor – like, it was funny. I was talking to a a new friend on Twitter, and we both mentioned our love for Tom Twitter – Tom Twitter, Tom Taylor. And it's funny because I feel like the two companies, like, they know they've got a dynamo with him. Like, he's going to be great. He's going to do great stuff. So what do they do? Just to be safe. When DC uses Tom Taylor, they didn't use alternate realities, deceased right. and, you know, injustice. Right. And then when Marvel uses them, they're like, hey, we're going to put you on these high-profile books and then cancel them. You know, it was like, oh, Wolverine, the X-23 version, canceled. Uh, the, the Superior Iron Man, canceled. Uh, X-Men Red, canceled. You know? <laughs> so it's like, oh, man, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Like, I could see, like, come issue 12. Yeah, this is the last issue. This is But I just hope that's because they're going to move him to amazing. Let him have the flagship book. Sorry, Nick Spencer, no offense. Uh, but anyways, yeah, rant. So moving along, uh, this is a tough one that I'm gonna try to to, to tell you about. Um, Heroes Reborn Omnibus. Oh, so geez. the only reason I want this to do successful is because I want them to reprint Heroes Reborn: The Return. Um, so anyways, there was a point where Marvel Comics was just ruining itself. Uh, they were just like it was. It was horrible. It was like Marvel was drinking. And you are just watching it crash into all this stuff. So anyways, they decided to say, hey, you know, it's a great idea. Let's give our, our, some of our properties, Avengers, Fantastic Four, um, Iron Man and Captain America and Hulk. Let's give them to Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee and let's let them recreate everything. So they had the Onslaught event coming out of the X-Men books and Onslaught required a sacrifice, which was the Avengers and Fantastic Four. And those books ceased to exist in the 616 universe. And they created this whole line called Heroes of Born. Picture DC New 52 back in 1990 something. So, anyways, they did that, and uh, we had all new Jim Lee, Rob Lee, Phil versions of the Fantastic Four and the Avengers. Uh, There were four books that came out of this, Captain America, Avengers, Fantastic Four, and Iron Man. And all their 12 issues will be collected, along with the Heroes Reborn half issue, and then some material from Incredible Hulk 450. Uh, This is an omnibus. It will collect damn near everything. I do find it funny, though, that they're not collecting the 13th issues. Um the 13th issues actually I think crossed over with Wildcats or something mm. like that. And it's funny because now they're a DC property. So it's like, oh, we're gonna give an omnibus cole- complete collection, excluding those, because we don't want to pay DC, which is totally fine. Uh so anyway, so yeah, so that's gonna be out there. Uh it's $125. I know you can find better prices somewhere else. Um, it's a neat product of its era. Um, like the I will admit the Iron Man costume from that was badass. That was really cool. Um I do like the nickname, the Knights of the Atomic Table. I think that was great. I didn't like the fact that like Bruce Banner, Reed Richards, Tony Stark, and all these other famous scientific people of the Marvel Universe all went to college together. Um, I thought the Knights of the Scientific Table could have been a cool title for them after the fact. But anyway, so that's going to be out there. Um, The best thing about Heroes Reborn is the fact that we get Heroes Return. And we also got Marvel Knights out of that. We'll talk about that another time. (laughs) All right, so uh, Major X, Issue 6 of 6 will be out. This is exciting. Why? Because it finally puts this book to bed. It's done. Um, Major X, the brand new child of Cable and Storm. The character no one asked for. Emphasis on no one. So anyways, that's going to be out there. Uh, Marvel Comics hardcover, World Outside Your Window. So this is a neat little collection that's going to emphasize how the Marvel superheroes really embrace New York. This is going to be a big book. um, If you are looking to invest or, you know, one of those books that's going to be hard to get. Marvel Comics Presents Issue 6. Now, Marvel Comics Presents has been part of the 80th anniversary of Marvel Comics and all this stuff. And basically, it's been like a time traveling book. Each issue starts at a, I think it started at like the 30s and it's marching along. So, issue six puts us at the 1990s. And on the cover, you have Wolverine riding on the back of Ghost Rider's motorcycle with Deadpool riding on the top. But the main reason this is important is because it's Ghost Rider, but it's Danny Ketch. We haven't seen Danny Ketch now in almost like 10 years. So, this is huge. Um, and there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out about Ghost Rider in the upcoming year. Um, I should hopefully have an article written pretty soon talking about that. There's a lot of dots connecting across the Marvel universe. And this is one of those. So I highly recommend you pick up a copy.
0: Now, Uh, when you talked to someone online recently about a certain ghostwriter on a cover...
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Yeah, I forgot about it. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. So, I I went ahead and questioned Matthew Rosenberg. I directly asked him because he's writing Punisher. And the new solicits for the product coming out in August, I think?
0: Mm -hmm. (coughs) Mm-hmm.
1: August or September. One of those future months. Um, Anyways, he has a cover of the Punisher, and he's standing there with all his cool you know badass buddies and one of them is a ghost rider and i was like oh shit ghost rider so i directly asked him i was like hey uh is this johnny or danny or can you tell us and he's like i can't i cannot i cannot, <laughs> I cannot. Yeah. yeah so um that's going to be very interesting because there's going to be a lot of stuff happening with ghost rider's past present and i guess technically future
0: because of yeah. cosmic cosmic ghost rider. ghost rider yeah yeah i wanted so i went to when i like i said i went to uh, amazing las vegas comic con they had they had a panel for Punisher, which was Jerry Conway, nice Jerry Duggan, nice and oh, Kevin something. Kevin, ah, I'm terrible, but he <laughs> was also a big part of uh, of Punisher history, and uh, like essentially people, you know, they asked him questions about like you know how do you feel about like where the Punisher is now, you know what what Punisher and stuff like that. And I, I wanted to ask the question about like you know a character like essentially what i've said here a bunch of times i've said that how the punisher is a character to me that is dead he wants to be dead he's okay. ready to be dead his family died he's got that death wish he has that death wish so his family died and he, he knows that he's just living on borrowed time until he gets to be with them again but then you have a thing like a uh, cosmic ghostwriter that comes along and well now he doesn't get to die his soul is trapped and has to be a part of the Ghost Rider's Power cosmic, uh, whatever else that he's attached <laughs> that amalgam. to. Amalgam. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that to me, that's just super sad. And I wanted to ask them what they thought about that. Like, but they they also said that people constantly come up to them at conventions and be and, and are like, "Oh, you know what? Uh, I think you had a wrong take on Ghost Shred- or not Ghost Rider, Punisher. I think the uh, I have a great take on the Punisher, and <laughs> I sh- and you should put me in in touch with someone, uh, some editor that will allow me to write it." And they always almost always ask like, well, what is your, why does the Punisher do what he does? And there is a specific answer. They didn't say what it was, if I remember correctly, that they look for. And if you don't say that, they say, you need to go back and rethink that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, so the Punisher has a very specific reason why he does what he does. And it's not the, I need to get revenge for my, my family dying thing.
1: Yeah. No, you know, it's interesting. Um, and this would be great. I know our buddy Sam, he's, he's a definitely a big Punisher mm-hmm. fan. You know, I, I just think that character, people love revenge stories. You know, people love revenge stories. And it's funny because The Walking Dead is supposed to be the zombie story that never ends. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Marvel, you can steal this. The Punisher is the revenge story that never that ends. That never ends, yeah. You know, because, like, I like that. I like that take that. It's like Frank Castle is like, I want to die. It's not fair that I'm living without my family. You know, I should have died because I mean, depending on which version of the
0: origin you see, like he doesn't make it. He's not going to go out there and just kill himself. Yeah, he's not
1: going to blow his brains out. He's going to
0: do whatever he can know. to take as many bad guys with him as when he goes. But hopefully one of those bad guys is going to land a bullet right to kill him. But he's, he's not going to let them just he's not going to just sit down and die. Yeah. So I think it's exciting. But I, I love the fact that.
1: Oh, no, I lost myself. Um. I just Well, I love the fact that, yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, and then I'm a man with a mission. I'm the man holding the bomb, and I'm going to take as many people as I can with me. Um, But we all love that. We love that revenge story. We we want that, and the Punisher gives it to us. But I I think a lot of times, though, we don't want to see somebody – like, modern times are funny, you know? Like, hopefully in three years from now we'll look back and kind of laugh at some (laughs) of these things. But in an age like – like, it's hard to admit you like the Punisher because it was funny because at uh, Phoenix Fan Fusion I I went up to – uh jerry conway conway yeah and he created the punisher and i was getting a a lithograph signed for sam and it was funny because i was like oh yeah my buddy likes the punisher and it was funny because i I felt an awkwardness probably because i self-induced but i was like oh don't worry though he's not crazy (laughs) you know because like sometimes people might like you know because like i get it you know like i know jerry conway he was like yeah i don't think cop cars should be having the punisher skull on them and it's like yeah you're 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 right you know that that might be a little bit too far i mean am i going to be mad at a, a a police officer who wears the punisher skull underneath his clothes like in a regular comic book shirt no because a lot of people wear those you know but i will start worrying when he thinks he is the punisher going out there and and Causing his own, yeah. He, he
0: brought up that again, yeah, like, like at uh, at Amazing. He said something, he said something to the fact, like, he understands the 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 when a when a soldier you know has it on their equipment and stuff like that because it, if it's camaraderie, it's like yeah, a, cause a Frank connection is a Marine, and stuff like you know, that, yeah. yeah. But uh, a police officer that goes around with the with it on his cop car is not right, like, that's not the right thing um uh, it's kind of a little bit of a two different headspace yeah it's not the right headspace that a, a, a officer should be so yeah, so definitely
1: frank's an interesting character i know a lot of fans when they come up yeah it's like oh i got this vision and it's funny to tell you know a creator like oh i got it wrong huh yeah <laughs> right exactly uh okay sorry okay no so we'll, we'll get through this i swear <laughs> um anyway so this is a big one um stan lee so marvel comics Oops. stan lee <laughs> yeah I uh, heard of the man. yeah uh Marvel visionaries. So these are great books. Um, They put them out there for a lot of their creative talent. And most of the time they've always been out there when people are alive, you know, like John Romita. I think he's seen his John Romita jr. I think has seen his. And right now they're finally doing one for Stan Lee. And I always wonder if maybe that was Stan Lee saying like, no, you know, you don't need to do that. I don't need to see that. But anyways, this is going to be a collection. Uh, It's going to be a trade pack, trade paperback. And it's going to feature a lot of his famous stories. Um, Uh, Let's see here. I think the the big thing that's going to be really exciting, though, is it'll feature Captain America Comics number three. Why is that issue famous? Why is that important? Because that is Stan Lee's first Marvel Comics work. Um, It's a prose story about Captain America. And there's going to be a lot of amazing artists. It's going to be a murder's row. Why? Because at one point, Stan Lee was the only writer of marvel comics. So there's going to be a lot of great stuff here. Um, it's a $35 trade paperback collection. I think it's a great investment because this will definitely be a major tribute to Stan Lee with him passing last year. I know I've pre-ordered a copy for myself, so I highly recommend it for you as well because it's just it's going to be classic Stan. Sorry, I, I'm not choking up. I just don't know how to talk about it because I don't like talking about Stan in the past tense. Right. Know, it's, it's rough, but yeah, I definitely recommend this one for you. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. X will be coming to issue 12. And this is going to be big. Why? Because this is an X-Men book. So what's going to be happening? Will they continue on? Um, you know, what, what's going to happen to their marriage? So there's going to be a lot of questions in that one. Not brand complete collection. So Marvel Comics has definitely been poking fun at everything as best as they can. So they're going to collect all those silly little comic books that were out there in the 60s and 70s. Just mocking comic books themselves and DC Comics as well. So a lot of great stuff there. Um, If you found yourself really enjoying Spider-Verse and you want more of Peter Porker, well now is the time. It's the great era of the Spider-Ham because Peter Porker Spectacular Spider-Ham collection will be out there, and that will collect a lot of his comics, uh, his first 17 issues, and I believe his first appearance. So if you definitely want to get the heads up and see more about him, that'll be out there as well. And in modern comics, Peter Porker will return as well. Spider-Man, annual number one, will be happening, and this one will actually deal with a um, a Spider-Verse um Spider-ham. So he's going to be teaming up with Gwen Stacy, and uh, they're going to be doing some adventures there. So if you definitely want to get in on the groundwork and see what's going to happen, there you go. That's an issue for you. Uh, a lot of variant covers of it to, to collect as well. Uh, there's quite a few Star Wars books. Thanos will be hitting issue three of its miniseries. This will be dealing with uh, him raising a young Gamora. The Starjammers will be featured in their own trade paperback that will collect a lot of their early appearances and miniseries. Thor will be hitting issue 14, and obviously this will be a big one to get because it's a part of the War of the Realms tie-in. The True Believers will be out there as well, and um, they'll have one that is dedicated to the first appearance of Peter Parker in his Marvel Tales first appearance. Uh, Spider-Man versus Mysterio, so this will be the reprinting of Mysterio's first appearance, so that's going to be huge because we do have a movie coming out. Uh, War of the Realms will be concluded. Issue 6 comes out this week, and so there's going to be a lot of major stuff there. So this is definitely going to set the course of Thor, the Marvel Universe, and Jason Aaron, what's going to be happening there. A lot of the tie-in books will be coming to conclusions as well. Um, War of the Realms New Agents of Atlas will conclude with Part 4 of 4. Punisher War of the Realms 3 of 3. Uncanny X-Men War of the Realms 3 of 3. Those will all be concluded as well. Wolverine Exit Wounds will be released this week. And this is a major one because this is part of Marvel's 80th anniversary celebrations. So Chris Claremont, Larry Hama, Sam Keith, Salvador LaRocca, Scott Eaton, um, they're all coming together to give us some new old adventures of Wolverine. And if you were a fan of the Weapon X storyline, it looks like that's going to be revisited. X Men Grand Design Extinction Agenda or sorry Extinction will be part two of two concluding and this will continue um, Ed Piscor's drawn and written adventures of the Marvel unit or sorry the X Men Universe so this will take us all the way up to the nineties so that way uh, all you new fans can get a post modern version of the X Men Origins this is a great collection this is an era of comics that I enjoyed uh, X Men hardcover eve of destruction so this will this will collect a magneto miniseries um and all the uh x-men books that ended the um i guess the 90s era so they actually did conclude the 90s era of the x-men because they brought uh fabian nieska scott Lobdell, and a couple others to come back and conclude a lot of their stories because these were the issues right before grant morrison took over and launched everything as new x-men So that's a major one. Uh, Definitely recommend it. And then if you were a fan of the, well, you should be a fan of the comic, X-Men Milestones will be uh, reprinting the Dark Phoenix saga. So these will be the the higher end collections, or basically most modern reprinted collections of these classic X-Men storylines. So their first one will be coming out, and this will be telling us the Dark Phoenix saga. So definitely recommend that one as well. And that's what's on your spinner rack.
0: Well, that is definitely a full spin rack with all of our tangents and everything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's get it. Let's get into a 101 on Lobo. So, Lobo was created in nineteen, uh, sorry, nineteen eighty-three. Yep, June First of appearance was a Man number three, like. I definitely associate Lobo with the 90s more than I do with the 80s. Oh, yeah. But I'm guessing that's because he didn't become more of a popular character until the 90s.
1: Oh, exactly. I think if we could see a, a printout of his appearances, like, yeah, he's probably maybe got 10 appearances in the 80s. And then, yeah, just something about that. The, like, like uh, Jerry, not Jerry, uh, Keith Giffen, he's, he's known for a lot of his funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but here he's actually the artist. Uh, he drew Lobo. He's one of the co-creators, uh, along with Roger Slifer. Um, but anyways, yeah, Keith Giffen, he's, he's more for his blah ha, ha Justice League adventures and stuff like that. But yeah, once, uh, once it kind of took off in the 90s, like once they started putting him in the Legion book, I think that's when we started seeing the Lobo that we're used to.
0: I mean, then we, we you, you go into the 90s with the uh, Marvel versus DC, and you have Lobo going up against Wolverine. Yep. Uh, you have Lobo showing up in the Superman animated series.
1: Yes, and if you want a great adaptation of... Like, I guess, well, an animation, an animation adaptation. I would definitely recommend going back and watching the Superman Adventures. So this was the, the 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 TV show that spun out of the Batman Adventures, which was fantastic in its own right. But yeah, this deals with the the last son of Krypton and a lot of his uh, his superhero appearances. And yeah, they had Brad Garrett doing the voice That's of Lobo, right. and this was cool because this was definitely in that DC animated style. So you've got him nice, big, and bulky; these ridiculously huge arms. And, yeah, he was he was the main man. I mean, he gave <laughs> him the great voice. We got to see his flying motorcycle, the dog, the chain, everything. Like, that one was just, that was the perfect version of Lobo. And I, I know he had, um, I want to say at least, I think he had at least three episodes on the Superman show. He might have done so. some stuff. I think so, yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, he did appear in Justice League as well. Uh, he was actually so popular just off that appearance again, because, again, it just sparked something in people. They were going to do their own cartoon. And they were also going to have a video game. Ah. But then people kind of put their feet back on the ground and said, how can we market the main <laughs> man as a kid's cartoon? I, I don't think that's going Well, I mean, <laughs> I,
0: and I would assume with the, the how bad Superman 64 did, they decided, no, video game made me not a great idea. Oh, God, yeah, that's <laughs> Superman
1: from the Nintendo 64. Was yeah, that, awful.
0: Was a, that was an awful, awful game. Um, but, yeah, like so if you look at him on the cover of the Omega Man uh. He's not exactly the same look that we have now. You got this purple, orange. Uh, jumpsuit, like it, tight skin t- jumpsuit. Yeah, picture metamorpho. Like when yeah, I look at the very, body, I'm yeah. like, oh, that's
1: just a weird combination of colors.
0: And then you got the kiss face. Like yep. uh yeah, it's very it's a very different look. And then so I mean we we definitely have different versions of Lobo throughout the years. We have uh we have the more traditional look with the biker outfit and stuff like that. And then when we had New Fifty Two, it was oh, yeah, kind of the more a, sleek looking, like with the I forget what the hippies called him and stuff like he was like
1: the man bun lobo or something like Is that, that. <laughs> yeah, it was just he was just uh, he was horrible yeah cuz they, they slimmed his physique down uh he had definitely you know well-kept hair well-kept goatee pretty boy lobo you know i mean when's the like, one oh, when's wow. the one that has the 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 dreadlocks so that would have been like the 90s one that the, the, the he like i mean everybody would definitely put their own spin on it when uh-huh. they were drawn but yeah he just kind of like once he got that that biker look, you know, the gray-black hair, you know, and then, yeah, they'd sneak a couple of dreads in there. No, no, there. I was thinking it Basically, it's... it was just Rob Zombie, I think. Yeah. That, <laughs> like, that's what it was. Like, I mean, I was like, wow, how did they never get Rob Zombie to look like Lobo or be Lobo in something? Um, but, yeah, he definitely, like, I would say, like, probably his later 90s appearances definitely gave him that, that dreadlock look as well. Because uh, it wasn't full on dreads, he just had a
0: couple in there. Yeah, I remember, but I re- I think it's when they did the whole all the the dolphin stuff. The all oh, the space dolphin, uh, though? the space dolphin stuff. He had the like a more of a dreadlock surfer look, didn't he? No, not
1: not so no, much. No,
0: am I am I, I am I remembering this think wrong? This is a story that you're cooking up. I could uh, be. Uh,
1: it, it's it's a, it's a possibility. Yeah. Now the, the 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 space dolphins has actually been a big part of his his story, just because that's something that's just ridiculously fun. Uh, because as as I was, was reading here um keith giffen said you know like he he even said like back in 2006 there was an interview and he's like i have no idea why lobo took off <laughs> you know, i came up with him as an indictment of the punisher wolverine hero types and somehow he gets caught on as this high violence poster boy go figure you know and it just it was um Makes a neat sense. little a neat little tidbit here i forgot about that and i, I shared that with you earlier lobo is Stan Lee's favorite DC comic book character? I,
0: you That's know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> that is weird. I wonder if that was supposed to be like a backhanded compliment kind of thing, like a, a slide, be like, "See, this is the things that they create over there at DC." Yeah, this is like, what you guys are good for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? So,
1: but yeah, no, but yeah, the definitely like the '90s saw Lobo go through a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Um, Lobo Cop, Blazing Chain of Love, Paramilitary Christmas Special. Infocide the convention special, and that's what he was. He was just a character that would poke fun at stuff because it was like the Lobo or sorry, the Robocop movies were big, so let's make fun of that. The Blazing Chain of Love, yeah, you want a love special? Cool, let's put him in a harem. The paramil- <laughs> Paramilitary Christmas special. Easter Bunny wants to kill Santa Claus, so you hire a hitman. Emphasize. He has to kill his own children. And it's funny because they talk about that, him having his daughter and he has to kill her. But right now, one of the major characters, I think she appeared in what? Teen
0: Titans? Teen Titans. Uh, what was her name it's, again? Uh, K. not Chaos. Uh, It's something. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, yeah, it's, they're, they're, it's they're an playing. It's important with, name. They're playing with her. Crush? There we crush, go. Crush, thank you, with a K.
1: Yeah, they're playing with her, um, and you
0: then know. you had you had Slobo from yeah, Slobo, Young, which Young, was Young Justice, a, a mini version of him. A clone. We had uh, uh, Sins of Youth, which yeah, was no, him. he wasn't a clone. No, so what I was surprised played? by that.
1: So at first, so the story goes on. So yes, Sins of Youth. One of uh, that's what we should do. We'll start marketing ourselves. We've to DC been trying Comics to do that Marvel. way. <laughs> we'll do. Um, you know, Geek Elite Picks are the Geek Elite edition. There you and, go. And uh, definitely, um, Sins of Youth is just a great story. Go out, read it however you can find it. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, they, they they brought Lobo down to childhood age. And when everybody else went back to
0: their adult proper ages, he got stuck. Because Clarion said, because when they made Clarion change everybody back, he go. Clarion said, I have changed everybody here on Earth back to their rightful ages. And then I think it was Batman as he walked away, he says something about it's funny that he said everybody on Earth, like because Lobo would, it was off in outer space at the time. Why? That's specific. Yeah.
1: Oh, there you go. So, yeah, so he got stuck as a kid. Uh, he wound up joining up with uh, Young Justice. But then, yeah, I guess when they went to Apocalypse for one of their missions, he was killed. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Lobo can regenerate from just a single drop of blood. Huh. Sounds very, like Wolverine. Very
0: Wolverine-ish. Uh,
1: so anyway, so he regenerates back to normal. But... Luckily, there were other bits and pieces that also regenerated as well. So there was just a shit ton of Lobos fighting each other. The winner of that went to adulthood, and one of them chickened out and hid. And he's the one who became Slowbo. And of course, he was re- like a degenerate. Like, he was like, oh, I can't see. I'm not as strong. And all these things to the point where he eventually passed on. But, yeah, it was funny because they're even talking about that in his uh, Wikipedia that eventually he does see Robin and Wonder Girl, and he's like, Who the fuck are they? <laughs> he doesn't remember any of his young Justice time. Probably because he doesn't want to remember the fond adventures of a great comic magazine. Right.
0: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, like like we're saying, there's been a lot of different iterations of the characters so far. Um, but I think we keep coming back to that biker chain black leather version of the character.
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely his most iconic look. Um, just because I think that late 80s, early 90s, that cynicism was just so popular. True. Um, I can't think of that. He, there was a comedian. He's kind of a fat guy. He always wore a beret, and he's like, ah, he would talk real loud.
0: Oh, you're talking about Sam Kinison. There
1: you go, Sam Kinison. I think that just spoke to people, and like Lobo spoke to that, so it, just, it caught on, and it's kind of like... Because again, like I, I compare him to Marvel's Deadpool, like I think that's that's why they're picking him. They're gonna market him. He's gonna he's gonna hit that link, uh, that stride, and it's just yeah, it's it's a character that pokes fun of itself, pokes fun of the industry, and people love that. And, you know, we love those little inside jokes and jabs, and there you go.
0: Well, I definitely have to say that when you revealed to me I guess the best way to put it (laughs) that Brad Garrett was the voice of Lobo in those animated shorts back then or those animated episodes I was blown away because it's like to me like, just, I guess, because of the name of Lobo, I just uh-huh. always assumed that he had a Hispanic accent. Like, he's in when I read the comics, I think of, I think of like Danny Trejo's voice kind of thing. Yeah, you could see something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, when the episode of Krypton comes on and you <laughs> and this dude, the actor who's playing him is is Irish. So, you know, he's doing an English accent or a British accent, I guess is a better way to put it. Like, it, it's kind of, it throws me a little bit. Oh, so, yeah. So, but then, but then thinking about Brad Garrett, it's like, obviously Brad Garrett wasn't doing a Hispanic, you okay, know, he, just, accent. he sounds a gruffier, he just Brad sounds Garrett. a gruff dude. Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess that's what it was, but yeah, that's, that's interesting to me that I, I really want it to be played by a, a Mexican or Hispanic, or Latino actor for some reason. Yeah. Well, no, cause yeah,
1: it's funny. Like I never made that connection for the longest time Lobo. It's like, oh, that's Spanish for Wolf. Yeah. And I was like, how did I not catch that? <laughs> like, oh my God. Um, yeah, no, it's it's very interesting. I think Brad Garrett, that voice works in my mind just because of the way he looks. He's yeah. gruffy. Uh-huh. He's always hanging out in bars. He's a space rebel, and it's like, there you go. Um, so yeah, I do definitely find it very interesting. Um, yeah, like what to read on the character, gosh, that's tough. I know they did some Lobo collections that feature his early stuff, and I would recommend you go hunt those down. Uh, but for me, one of my favorites outside of the the Young Justice stuff, I really liked where it was going with um, uh, the Blackest Night fallout. I thought it was great that he got pulled in during the Brightest Day crossovers, and he basically fought all the new Guardians, so the, the Guardians of the Emotional Spectrum. And at the end, he winds up getting paid by Atrocitus with a red ring. Oh. And I so wanted to see what the hell was going to happen. Like, wait a second, Lobo with a red ring. This is gonna be awesome, but they didn't play with it. It did appear later on because he made an appearance. I think probably in the Legion or Rebels book that they brought back, and he had it. He had the ring on his on his neck chain there, and I was like, "Ooh, this will be cool." Because can you imagine seeing Lobo Red Lantern? Well, Holy see, that's, shit! That's
0: funny to me is because like I get it. I get why Lobo gets a red red ring of rage, but I don't associate rage with Lobo like. Like, like you're saying he's more Deadpool to me than he is Wolverine. Like right. he should he should get the <laughs> if anything he might he might get the 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 Avarice Ring, the orange a- ring of avarice because yeah. because uh you, you sit there and think about how he's the last Cenzarian because he killed everybody else. Like he wanted to be known as just the last Cenzarian. <laughs> so uh that 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 to me is, is very odd. Um I, I think the last thing I read with Lobo and like I'm similar I don't really have a lot of Lobo in my reading history other than uh, Young Justice but the last thing I read was that uh new, that Rebirth uh, Suicide Squad Justice League book oh yeah that was cool because they brought him back yeah. yeah they had him in Waller's prison yeah uh, and then Batman eventually after that that. Crossover event, they Batman makes him part of his Justice League, right? Yep. Was it Justice League of America? Yeah, yeah, it was Justice League was of America. Because there was Justice League, reg, the regular Justice League, which had our the big seven, our and big all seven those guys, with, yeah. with Cyborg, and then Batman's like, Nah, I need to start at my own Justice League, and I'm gonna put a bunch of villains on it. <laughs> I'm gonna so. be my team. <laughs> Killer Frost, Harley Quinn, and uh, Lobo are gonna be on my team. So that's, that's the last thing I remember with Lobo. I don't know where he's at now.
1: Oh, gosh. Now I think he's just kind of in publication limbo, but I'm sure we're going to see him pop up some more.
0: If they're talking about doing yeah. a, his own spinoff show, I'd imagine so. Yeah, he's got to be having a book here pretty soon. But, uh, yeah, well, and speaking of
1: which, actually, he did have his own book for a while there in the, in the 90s. Uh, So there's definitely a lot of back issues you could go hit up there. Uh, He did have some appearances in Deathstroke the Terminator. So I would point you in that direction. I unfortunately don't have numbers in front of me. Um, But definitely if you're hitting your back issues, like I said, you could hit up his book. Look up Legion and Rebels, spelt in the acronym style. Um, as we mentioned, definitely check out Little Lobo in the Sins of Youth crossover. Uh, he did have a small arc in the new in the 52 book. Not the new 52, but in the 52 book. So he did get I to meet that. up with Adam Strange, Animal Man, and Starfire. So that was kind of fun. And especially him meeting Adam Strange, that's part of what he's going to meet in the show. So there could be something popping out of that. Um, one year later, he, he appeared up in the Deadly Serious two-parter. With Batman, so you get to see some stuff there. And that's great because he's drawn by Sam Keith. And Sam Keith is definitely known for drawing these big, monstery, rock and roll looking things. Like he's, I think he's the creator of the Max. Oh. I don't know if you remember that guy. So that's definitely up his alley. Rain and Hell was another miniseries there. That's definitely. And that one's going to be wild because it's just ridiculousness. Like as I'm reading about it, um, he cut off Zatara's head. So Zatara? basically Zatara, yeah, so Zatanna's dad. Like he did that basically so Zatanna would be like to hell with you and send him off to the, you know, the abyss. Oh. And it's like, "Damn, he just went crazy." Uh the brightest day, like I said, that's where he like it was just one issue he's on the cover. So you can definitely see that where he gets the red ring. Uh, unfortunately, it does not bear fruit. Uh the new 52, he did come back. Uh, like I said Pretty Boy Lobo, so you could see that in Justice League 23.2. Um, I, I don't know if I would recommend it. <laughs> I mean, it's Rob Liefield. Uh, this all started in Deathstroke number nine. That's right. And Rob so Liefield re-
0: redesigns Lobo. Yeah.
1: So I mean, you get to see his version of it, uh, but nothing nothing bore fruit uh his next big appearance would definitely be the justice league versus suicide squad uh that just came out right after the suicide squad movie and that is the suicide squad that we should have gotten that was some cool stuff max lord is one of the big guys there Uh, i thought that was great uh the new 52 lobo i found this funny because i was reading the book hal jordan and the green lantern Corps. so in the first or second arc i think it was the second arc Uh, The Green Lantern Corps goes up against Brainiac, which is like a no-brainer because Brainiac's going around stealing planets. And it's like, oh, we should probably do something about that. We're space cops. So at one point, they get inside Brainiac's ship and they're walking around. They see all these little specimens and jars. And Guy Gardner's like, hey, I know that guy. And he points to the Pretty Boy Lobo. And Hal just kind of pushes him along. And it's like, it's better to leave that on the shelf. It's like, wow, that's quite the uh, dagger there. And then as Mitch mentioned, yeah, he went on to the real Lobo, went on to join Justice League of America. So you could read those issues in part of the earlier phase of rebirth but yeah right now he's kind of mia but like i said i don't suspect i suspect that won't be for long just because how do you have a character that's going to blow up and not have a book
0: so okay i'm the editor i'm i'm a editor of dc comics i'm going to come to you and i was like look chris there's going to be a tv show (laughs) I want you to pitch me 12 issues of of a Lobo series, and uh, more than likely it's going to be translated into this TV show. What does that book look like? You know what it looks like? What does it look like? He gets
1: a hold of a Legion the legion of superheroes he gets a hold of one of their little time spheres okay and that's what happens he winds up traveling so that way you could you have an issue where he does meet Superman's grandpa you have an issue where he meets Adam Strange probably like you could even drop a little a little thing in there like that's why Adam Strange became fascinated with space travel because Lobo be- yeah, visited him, me- visit him. And, and so you just have this and it's 12 issues of him jumping around different eras and whatnot. Uh, it could be fun because you could bring back artists and say like hey you know let's have him pop up in uh you know uh norm well that's bad uh, uh, I, I don't know just but like you could have them pop up in like an 80s era batman and you have a specific artist come back and draw that and so that's what i would do and it would just be a tour de force of the dc universe and then you just get that wise cracking main man bullshit bastard <laughs> um stuff so going do you, on do you throw
0: in rip hunter to be like rip hunter's trying to stop him from fucking around with time or oh yeah
1: i think so like I, I like i would want a funny bit at the end where like the legion finally catches up with lobo and he's like i'm glad you guys finally caught me i don't understand how to run these stupid time spheres <laughs> and then you just have time. rip hunter pop in and like he does like a men in black thing where he blinds them all and you know he puts them all in their correct places but he keeps the time spheres like those damn kids <laughs> you can't trust him with anything <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. And then and then that could be another funny twist. When he puts that time sphere back, then you see like Michael Carter jump into it and it's like, <laughs> oh and this is how we get booster gold.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would I wanted to I mean, I would love to see I, I like I love that idea. I would love to see what um like what would him doing some everyday jobs. Like I wanna see more of him being the bounty hunter that i kind of know him as oh yeah things. see him put on those that'd be fun too but, I, yeah. but I, I would want it to be like my tour guide around dc dc space space thank you oh, yeah. yeah so you know one day he could have a a job on ran or thangar or both and uh then you know what other planets could there be you know uh uh, uh thangar right did you say thangar? yeah i said oh, okay thangar, ran, thangar uh, you know oh Uh,
1: Wherever the Annihilators are from. Mars, if you want to go back
0: in time. Uh, Yeah. No, that'd be
1: fun. Play with that. Yeah. Even have them like, I think it'd be fun because then, of course, the Green Lantern Corps should be like, ah, shit, Lobo just bumped up on the top (laughs) 10 hit list. Uh, Send Guy. Guy will go do it. And then Guy shows up. But then Guy kind of rides shotgun for a little bit. It's like, (laughs) oh, wait, you got to go after this guy? He's number seven on the list.
0: I'll join (laughs) you. Just go drinking together, kind of thing. Yeah. Have something to that effect. All right, I I think, I mean, do you have any more that you want to say about Lobo? Uh, Like I said, I I think the only thing I would do is,
1: like I said, the comics, they're out there. Definitely just go to the back issues. Right now, they should be relatively priced well. You're going to find a lot of good stuff. Um, I think there's two volumes of his Lobo Classics collection out there, so I would definitely recommend those if you want to read them. What was the Omega
0: Men about?
1: So the Omega Men, they spun out of Green Lantern. Uh, basically I've never really understood that team. Like it's just like I picture the star jammers, I guess. Okay. It's just the star jammers of the DC universe. So it's just a random collection of aliens that got together and like, Hey, let's go do some good stuff. And there you go. And so Lobo being a bounty hunter, obviously he's going to go on a collision course with them. So it's like when a cop and a bounty hunter are going after the same person, right. you know, so that's where that came about. So
0: then When later on, when we get like the Omega Lanterns with Kyle Rayner, does that have to do with the Omega Men? I think that just because of the the time difference, like
1: that being New 52, I think that's just like, hey, here's this property we got. Do something with it. Do something with it. Yeah. Reinvent it it or something. And so definitely Tom King had a field day with it. Uh, I haven't read it yet maybe later i don't know but i do every time i see a visual from it i'm like damn that's some heady stuff <laughs> uh, but yeah so anyways um but i would recommend definitely his animation stuff is where it's at like if you really want to see him you know that's the power of youtube uh like i said he's got those superman the animated series appearances justice league uh he made an appearance on the legacy of superheroes show uh young justice i guess he was on that as well um but I would say if you want to see some more good stuff there, too, uh, Justice League Action. Uh, it's a decent comic cart- a cartoon that's out there, but unfortunately, they're just not promoting it as well as they should be. So I would definitely say check it out there. And then, as you know, Krypton. It's the show that is definitely surprising. Uh, Emmett J. Scanlon, I believe, if I'm saying his name right. Uh, he's playing Lobo. Yeah, so, Emmett that's, Scanlon. that's definitely going to be where it's
0: at to see what's going on. All right. So if... Uh, we hold true to our usual model of stuff. We might have a little bit of a challenge next week with our intergalactic bounty hunter, and we'll see what we have to do with that. Yes, that'll <laughs> definitely be fun. If you want to get a hold of me to talk about Lobo or any of this Sto- stories we talked about earlier today. You can find me on Twitter. I am at gem G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris can also be found on Twitter as? I'm on Twitter as Stuff I Should Say, should being spelled S-H-U-D. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media website Geek Elite <laughs> uh, But until next time this is Imagine If on the Geekly Media Network. Saying, "Always remember to geek, geek out." This concludes our broadcast. Beep.